so you've heard a bit about the fact that we were on a, a conference this week. So we're part of the wider network of vineyard churches. And uh, there was about 1,500 people from around the UK and Ireland that we all gathered in Nottingham this, this week. And um, it was just an extraordinary time of re-envisioning and just sort of re-energizing some of us that, that were there. And then on yesterday, we received an email and it was from somebody that I'd, I, don't, I don't think I spoke to. Did you speak to him? He, Steve spoke to his son, apparently. But somehow, God had put Ballon Vineyard on his heart, and he was woken up in the night, or he actually didn't get to sleep because he felt he should send this to us. And we don't often do this as a church, but I just wanted to read you what he wrote to us because I feel it's significant for the time that we are at the moment and where we're going. So... Um, and, and ju- this is how God speaks to us sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't let us go to sleep because he puts people on, his, on, on, on our heart to pray for. Or sometimes that he, we just have a sense or we have maybe a picture in our heads. And I would just really encourage you to go with it. He was really apologetic in the way that he sent this email. Like, it might not be God, I'm not sure. But he did it and it feels really significant. So I'm going to read this for you. So he says, since coming home from the leaders conference, I have been thinking about a phrase from Ezekiel 22 that was mentioned during the conference, standing in the gap. Last night, Friday, I was unable to sleep as the spirit kept telling me to contact you about it. Okay, so this is the verse, if we can have it on the slide. Ezekiel 22. And it says, the people of the land... Maybe that's the Lord telling you to do freedom in Christ. (laughs) Okay, the people of the land practice extortion and commit robbery. They oppress the poor and needy and mistreat the foreigner, denying them justice. I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But I found no one. And then he says, looking looking at the things you do at Balaam, I just feel that the Father wants to know that you are standing in the gap for the poor, oppressed, marginalized, and unloved. And it's good. He has found a group of people who are willing to stand for these groups. Just like Moses, when he asked God not to destroy the children of Israel, or Abraham with Lot, the Father wants you to know that you are making a difference, even though sometimes you may not think so, or the going is tough. Standing in the gap is a vulnerable place, a place where people can see you and point. And then he says, remember Ephesians 6, put the armor of God and all the component parts to stand firm and pray in the spirit. He sees what you were doing and remembers. He even writes it down so that others in heaven can can see that the prayer of the faithful changes things. And then he goes on to say, Malachi 3, verse 16. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. And I don't know about you, but it's just so encouraging, isn't it? It's so encouraging that we're in the middle of London, and the Lord is looking around saying, who can stand in the gap? Who can stand in the gap for the poor and the marginalized and the oppressed and our friends? Who can stand in that gap? And I don't totally understand it that the almighty God somehow needs us. But, but he does, doesn't he? He asks us to partner with him to see his con- kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. 
we get to change the course of history through prayer. We get to change the course of history through what we pray. And if you haven't heard Hannah's talk from last week, have a listen on the podcast because it just talks about what we do with some of the burdens that we might have for, um, for praying for people. But it, it's just such an encouragement, isn't it, that God has recognized where we're at. God has recognized that we're standing in the gap. But I think there's an invitation for more. I feel like this is, this is like, great, you're doing so well, but there's more. There's more for us. There's more for us to pray into, to see released in this, on this earth. And I, um, I just wonder whether there are people here this morning that just feel that more than, like, I don't know whether your heart's beating at the moment, like uh, more than usual, but just your heart is beating for the people of this city. Your heart is beating for particular groups of people, the marginalized, the oppressed, whatever. Um, do you have a sense where God is calling you to stand in the gap? And um, I'm going to ask you to stand in a minute if you want to. Um, but I, I think it's not, sort of, it's not a comfortable place either. God might wake you up in the night and get you to go on your knees and pray. God might call you um, to go and do something crazy like Terence and chat to somebody on the tube. But guys, we are here to make a difference in London. We're not here just to have nice, cosy meetings. We're not here just to have a nice sing-song. We're here to bring the kingdom of God in London. So if you, if you, want, if you feel that's, that's what something that the Lord is calling you to do, why don't you stand just where you are? Why don't we, people that are sitting, why don't we just gather around some of these people and pray? Pray for God's spirit to fall. Pray for God's, um, God's call on their life to pray. your presence God <coughs> come Holy Spirit come increase what you're doing in this room and would you continue to revive us God help us to see with your eyes pray for all, we thank you for all those people that have stood let it be like a, a, a marker in heaven, God, that a significant marker, God, that there are people who are committed to pray, committed to intercede for your name. And for some of them, for some of us, we, we invite us to, to partner with heaven. God, for some of us, would you wake us up? Would you stir us? Would you even open up our open up our Bibles to begin to read and to pray? Come, Lord Jesus. 
Amen. 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 Oh, good morning, morning. If, um, if, I, if I haven't introduced myself to you, my name's Steve, and um, I'm going to attempt to talk for about 10 minutes. Uh, last week, I preached at another church, and, af- uh, another ch- and after about five minutes at the back, they lifted up a five-minute kind of <laughs> sign, which is slightly awkward, because... Uh, <laughs> So if anyone does that now, um, I, I will try and uh, talk for about 10 minutes. Um, anyone, anyone who runs businesses or charities or, or departments or even leading lead projects, projects know there are certain gaps that are missing or ways that we, t- we can improve performance. There, there's also some strengths and weaknesses of any, any project that we continue to want to change and improve. What will take... What, what we need in the next project, what are some of the strengths that we can take from previous experience and bring it to this project? What are some things that we will never, ever do again? Everyone who, who works in business and industry knows that. What we, want, we want to develop some new, stra- new, um, new, new strategies and stages. Unlike uh, CEOs or, or people who run businesses, our, our chief operating officer is Jesus. And so we're, we're just continually seeking his direction, trying to hold his hand, trying to go to his boardroom, if you like, and, and ask for his, his advice. And so this next season ahead, we've just been praying, and what are some of the emphases that, that Jesus wants to, to lead us through over, over this next year? What are we wanting to emphasize? And uh, I've just got a scripture that I just wanted to read, Cup, maybe a couple of scriptures we'll read today. Uh, these won't come on the screen. Uh, Matthew, Matthew thirteen, uh, forty-four. Uh, Jesus talked in parables. Jesus, as he was trying to explain and express what the kingdom of God looked like, he'd often use stories and parables. And this is one of one of my favourite stories about describing God's nature and describing what the kingdom of God looked like. If God had a particular leaning or an emphasis or a preference, the parables uh, uh, help us to to identify this. And this is one of my favorite parables. Uh, Matthew 13, 44, it says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and brought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and brought it. Um, God, God comes to us in the most unlikeliest places. We think that, ju- that God just is, is around on a Sunday morning. But I, I want to say his emphasis is towards the lost. His emphasis is towards those people that are hidden in, in society. His heart is for the lost and the lonely and the least um, if you like, you know, t- talk about uh, Christian language, the prodigals. His particular heart and leaning is towards the prodigals, those that are lonely, those that are on the edge. Not the kind of religious people, not the pastors, even though he's got, he loves me more than you guys. He, lo- <laughs> he is my, I am his favorite. <laughs> but his leaning throughout scripture and his, his, his eyes are fixed towards, towards the lost. Um, before we we embarked on what we call this, we just call this the great adventure. 
before we started this church, uh, I used to help run a prison charity, and we support of, we were supporting offenders and families, helping to prepare them for release. Uh, some of the projects we we ran were, were around relationships, parenting, and money courses. It wasn't a Christian. Uh, the courses weren't Christian. But often God would set up moments and I, w- I was able to share my faith, lead people to encounter Jesus and see people healed and, and saved. It was an ma- amazing time, very under- underground. Uh, there was one time I was in a prison in, on the Isle of Sheppey, kind of a random place uh, north of Kent. And someone, someone came up to me and said, Steve, there's this kind of aura around you. I was feeling how I feel right now, um, which is a little bit ill, a little bit grumpy. <laughs> and I was like, really? Are you, sh- are you sure? Um, but it, but I, I, I got to learn how to hear the voice of God for, for people in prison. And so I, I would practice hearing God for, for people not in church. Uh, in certain charismatic churches, we, we're used to asking Holy Spirit to give us a sense, a feeling, a picture, or someone who God wants to heal right now. These are called words of knowledge. Uh, simply a word of knowledge is a, is a supernatural revelation of information received only by God. Uh, it's a knowledge received apart from... So we can't do natural analysis. It's not just, oh, I, I see you, Lindsay. I, I reckon today you've got a black T-shirt on. It's, it's very good. Um, it's not something that we just pick up through our own human ideas. It's, it's, a, it's an input from God. It's a sense from God. And I used to practice in, in prisons and... Um, uh, and so my favourite place to practice was in Wandsworth in Brixton Prison, and uh, and I was thinking about today and all week I've just been thinking about the lost sheep, the hidden treasures, the pearls that are hidden in in our society, and I would often, <laughs> a bit like we do here in in Brixton Prison, I would often in the middle of a meeting I would I would say things like we're going to take a break now, but if anyone has knee pain. I'd love to chat to you. <laughs> we do that at church, you know. We have words of knowledge that at the end or during, during the time, if anyone here has knee pain, come get some prayer. I would do that in, in Brixton Prison. And it was great fun. Um, I was very discreet. I learned a lot to how to help people who were as far away from church or being religious that anyone I knew. And uh, I just want to tell one story ab- about that. Uh, so I was in Wandsworth Prison and uh, the night before I had a dream about someone that I was going to meet and God was telling God told me you're going to meet someone and his nature is like he's like a honeypot that is attract, attracts lots of bees um, it was a really really vivid dream and that God was going to rescue him from his sentence. And so we started the first, the first course, and I saw this couple, uh, this guy, guy in, the co- in the course, and just during, during the break, half-time break, I kind of went up to him and I said, hi, 
my name's Steve, this is going to sound a bit weird, but I think I've had a dream about you. <laughs> you, get used to, you get used to that, you get used to that. Really. Um, I said, just tell me your story. And he said, I'm, I've just, uh, my gang and I, we, we, rob, um, we rob bookies. And they'd just been arrested. Uh, there's a, a, a gang of them, about 15, all around South London. They just robbed bookies, armed, armed gang. And so, he, so the, he, he was the leader of the gang. And he was, they were arrested uh, because they shot uh, one of the security guards. And so he, he was highly arrested. And at that time, I was, you know, I had this dream. He told me his story. Um, I thought, wow, you're, that, this is interesting. This sounds a bit weird. And uh, I just felt this kind of faith. Have you ever felt that in a conversation where you just feel this faith brew up? And I just blurted out in my mouth. I said, God is going to do a miracle with your sentence because he's made you as like a honeypot. And he's going to transform your life because he wants to, he, he, he sees you as a lost, lost son. But he's going to transform your life. He's out to, to find you and he's going to reverse the sentencing. And he kind of laughed and he said, look, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the big cheese. I'm the number one. I'm going to get the biggest sentence out of all of my crew. So I said, okay. He said, my, my, sentence is in, my sentencing is in two weeks' time. So I said, well, I'll pray. I'm a Christian. I'll pray for you. And so we spent a bit of time praying. I thought that was a bit weird. Um, it's not the weirdest story, but I thought that was, that was a bit weird. And so two weeks later, he, came, he comes back on the course, and he comes straight up to me at like nine, half past nine. You never guess what happens. You never guess what happened. The, the judge sentenced our whole crew, and so we all stood in a line. And they, they started with, with my friends. You've got 15 years. You've got nine years. You've got 12 years. You've got 18 years. He said, he came to me, the judge came to me, and he said, you've got four years. And then he went down. You've got 12 years, 18 years, six, 16 years. And all of his crew, he said to me, everyone just looked at me. <laughs> and I said, that's God. God has got a bigger plan and a purpose for your life than you realize. He has, he has rescued you. He has taken you. He's, because he has got a plan and a purpose. You are here to bring transformation to all of your friends and, and your family. And so he gave his life to Jesus there and then. It was amazing. It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> so I, I'm happy, but I had to run a debt management course the rest of the uh, rest of the day um, I'm not sure how that went um, but it was a sight and so he ended up uh, going on to an alpha course in prison he ended up uh, leading the alpha course and then he got transferred to um, a, a decap prison uh, after a couple of years it was, it was amazing it was amazing um, over the last couple of years we've seen many people come to faith for the first time. We've seen people baptized. We've seen people enjoying, they're growing in their faith. Uh, we've seen people here, even people here, you, you've said to us, we're so, I'm, I'm a self-proclaimed prodigal and God has rescued me. Our joy is hearing and spending more, our joy is hearing some of you spending more and more time in the house of prayer. Uh, the best place to, 
to 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 receive God is in that in that house of prayer. Uh, Americans they call maths maths math, don't they? <laughs> Even though it sounds wrong, <laughs> grammatically, um, grammatically the term the terms are, the terms are right. The singular and the plural, plural nouns. Um, but even though I, I believe that they should learn how to speak English, um, <laughs> both, both are correct. Um, however, there's no, there's no such thing as a singular Christian. In the, in the Bible, we're all called followers in every sense. We're all called to be joined into God. And um, our, our prayer for this year, and the, the thing that we feel God leaning us towards is his heart for, the, for those people that are hidden. But also, we, we believe that this is a place where we want to, to train people how to hear the voice of God, how to encounter Jesus, how to, to listen. And so, um, so we, we just want to practice listening how to hear, hear the voice of God. Um, and some of that is practicing, some of that is getting it wrong. Uh, last week, Terence and I, when we were sharing at the, the church, we said some things, and we were hoping people were going to stick up their hand, and, and people didn't, um, and that was fine, because we're just practicing. I, I said last week, it's, it's like we play battleships. We, we're, we're just, we think we've heard something from God, we have a sense, and so we're just going to try and make a move and if it's not right then that's fine we we can just learn as we learn and learn and learn the the heart of prophecy is simply that jesus is standing next to the person and what would jesus say to that person and so we always start with it's encouraging jesus when we meet when we meet our meet our maker jesus is kind to us his mercy is to us. And so when we give prophetic words or words of knowledge, we want to have the heart behind it to be encouraging. Number one, it's always encouraging. We never condemn. We never put people down. A bit like this guy, you know, this armed robber. I, I was just still kind. It was all a bit awkward, a bit weird. But he discovered Jesus through this prophetic word. It wasn't a judgmental word like... God's going to judge you now because, you know, you're an armed robber. God wants to redeem all things. And, um, and so as we give prophetic words, we want to have this heart which is always encouraging. And so I'm going to practice. And then we're going to, I'm just going to ask a few people to come up as well. I haven't, haven't primed you. So uh, we played a little game in our prayer meeting earlier, which we had to kind of go eyeball to eyeball and sort of, We've played this game, I, I, eyeball to eyeball. And so if you don't want to be involved, don't look at me. <laughs> Keep your eyes off me. Um, okay, as we, we're beginning to plan for an evening service, we've been asked th various things about timing and content, content, Will they be pastries? That's been one of the other things. <laughs> We've been asked things like, will it be a more edgier service? Will it be a bit grungy? Will there be bean bags? 
Will there be a fog machine? All, all those kind of things. I guess the question, the question is, is what would define our ministry? And our, and our prayer is simply that this church will be defined by the hand of God. That's all, all we're praying, that God, would you, would you place your hand up, upon us? We've never, been, we've never desired to be a church that grows through transfer, that, oh, I was part of one church, now I've, I've come to your church, the pastries are better here. Um, but simply that we're calling people to mission. We're calling people to, to look, look beyond the Sunday service and look to our friends and families. How can we extend the kingdom of God? Where, where we are and so that's what, we tr- that's what we're trying to do so when God stretches out his hand people will be reconciled to him and that moment that I had sort of eight years ago God stretched out his hand and this man is now and his family not just him his, his, his wife and his children they all encountered Jesus through his wife so we prayed for his wife um, it was an incredible story. I'll never forget. I'm not going to say their names, but I'll never forget them till I die, what, what God did as he stretched out his hand. But uh, if I'd have just gone, okay, my dreams, oh, I forget, I forget that. We get used to things like that. But we're, we're about, as a church, to have all things reconciled to God. Um, and so this week, I've just been thinking about the lost, the lost sons, the lost, sh- the lost sheep, the lost coins. And, and David, I, I, we spoke on, on Monday. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I, just, I just felt as though that was uh, what happened on Monday when you called and just said, I need to find this guy. I don't know where, I don't know where he is. I felt as though God wanted, God's hand was on you. And he's calling you to find the lost sheep. He's calling you. He's giving you this mission to look and to search and to seek the people that are lost around you and that you are the kind of the conduit to help people come back to God. Um, God has given you this special ability to have eyes of compassion and a heart of love for people. Um, I believe that what, what you are going through, what's happening in in your own personal life is because God is, is sort of shifting and he's, he's kind of creating, he's changing your body and he's changing the chemicals in your body, but he's also changing the, your, your vision and changing the way that you see people as well. Not that you don't see them in a bad way, but he's just, he's doing a whole holistic approach with you. Um, and so God, I was, I've just been praying for you all, all week and, um, you are the man searching for the lost. You are the man uh, who, were, who was sacrificed and to, to find the, the gold in people. So God bless you, David. Um, I believe there's many people as well here that you've got loved ones or, or, or even husbands or wives or brothers and sisters that you would say are prodigals. And, uh, and God wants to give you uh, more compassion and more ability to to do that. So if that if that's you, if you've got a loved one that like a close family member or a husband or wife that you would say is a prodigal, that you're praying for them, you you want to see them encounter Jesus, would you just stand up for me? Marie, I didn't know you were here today. Um, uh, I believe that God is... Uh, stand up, stand up. 
Would would some people just gather around to Nusha? Would you guys just pray? Just pray for her. Um, I pray Acts four over you, that the hand of the Lord will be be with you, even though you face persecution, even though you faced uh, just words and accusations. That the hand of God is on you. You, you never see yourself as an unremarkable woman. You are a remarkable woman. And the prayers and the tears that God is holding uh, for you. May God bless you, Maureen. May God bless you. Um, though we did this earlier. If it, if, why don't you just gather around some of those people that are standing and, and begin praying for them. Um, we're going to, again, allow the Spirit of God, the Spirit of intercession... Uh, if you're not, if no one's come with you, don't worry. God still hears you. But we pray, God, that you would find the hidden treasures. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. We lift up these people, these individuals that are represented here, the dozens and dozens, maybe hundreds of people, God, that are as far away from God as uh, any man or woman. Stretch out your hand, God. Jesus. Let me just declare Acts 4 over you guys. It's the believer's prayer. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God and said this, Sovereign God, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit uh, through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your servant Jesus. And after they prayed, the, the place where they were meeting was shaken and, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So as we move into to worship, I'm, I'm just going to invite a few people to come down. And uh, we talked about words of knowledge. I just want to invite a few people to come down. So <coughs> first of all, do you, uh, Tours. Is, she, is Tours around? Why don't you come down? Uh, Terence, why don't you come down? Uh, Akshay, would you come down? thinking about you last week um, Elias would you come down 
Okay, what we're going to do is um, we're just going to ask Holy Spirit. And anyone else, anyone else, you feel like you've, you've got a word of knowledge, you've got something from God that you want to give to the church? Come down, come down. What we're going to do is we're just going to uh, go down the line. They're just going to say a simple word of knowledge, uh, a really, really quick word of knowledge. And then afterwards, we're going to just pe- get people to show their hands if any of that information means anything to, to you guys. So let's start. Um, sorry, I've got kind of a story. I was in the prayer room. And the funny thing about Steve mentioning bees, yesterday I was in the prayer room and I drew picture of a bee so that's for you and where's Dave he was talking about sheep so on Thursday and I sent it during the students and 20s group and I saw sheep <laughs> so yeah that's what I wanted to say so you got like pictures um, as Steve was talking about the prison uh, God just spoke to me like what are the circumstances in like our everyday lives that we can like call Jesus to and bring Jesus into that environment and I was like definitely my workplace and because there's so many broken people there like broken marriages and I've been getting a lot of questions recently but I feel that relates to other people as well so if you've got workmates or an environment at work where you'd like to see Jesus break through then come forward for prayer I think I I also had uh, I woke up in the night and I just saw again slightly awkward just if if there's anyone you've got some blood conditions or there's issues with blood going on at the moment. Uh, we would we would be honoured. Uh, we'd be honoured to pray for you here at Ballam. We we have guys who pray for guys, girls that pray for girls. And so if that's if that's anything for you, um, we'll get some people to pray for you. Does the name Jasmine mean anything to anyone? Does anybody? Okay, you guys both have. Um, all right. Um, do they know Jesus? Yeah, all right. Are they going through anything? Do they have... Okay. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, also, uh, I saw some stuff with spine. So I don't know if it was like scoliosis, or, but, it, but it seemed kind of like a curvature, like some back spinal issues. Does anybody have any spinal issues? All right, cool. So we need to pray for you guys. Um, a couple of things... Um, anyone with um, right ear, well, ear, hearing in general, but anyone with the right ear over there? Anyone else with hearing right ear? Just would love to pray for you. No. Um, I also, uh, like anyone, it's a bit more of an abstract one, but anyone that's just felt really exposed recently, like <clears throat> vulnerable, exposed, humiliated, like I just really get a sense that... Um, there's like so much restoration and righteousness in God like and that might be how other people have viewed you or how you view yourself or you've just had like a crap time with even like finances and you just feel really exposed in society or expo- exposed in your family and um I'd really love just to pray for for that whether that's anyone please come find me because I'd really love to pray for that um and, and uh, any heart conditions as well um those are my th- three things ears exposed whether you feel vulnerable and heart Yeah, if there is someone today uh, who who has experienced a broken relationship, uh, God is saying that today is the day that is going to be healed. 
and you might need to say sorry or maybe you are expecting for that person to come and say sorry to you but God is saying that you have to do the first step so if there's someone with a broken relationship who wants to come and and start the healing on that relation I really felt there's breakthrough um, to break off the spirit of loneliness and um, I also felt that this church is the heart of the Father and that he's going to do something great here restoring the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers Um, it's a bit specific Um, anyone who feels they might have the wrong prescription glasses um, or is worrying that they need glasses and basically their eyes (laughs) is that anyone here? Cool. I'd love to pray for you. Um, and I've kind of got a general one. I don't do specifics. Um, I've just... <laughs> just all week I've had these visions of, of bottles, like with, with fizzy bottles. And it started with the Iron Brew, because I'm Scottish. And then it kind of went on to champagne, because I was at this wine tasting. And the guy... Sorry, I'm totally digressing. You should never give me a microphone, especially not at half past twelve. Um that he, he, he specifically said it was vulgar, that was the word he used, which I thought was odd when talking about champagne, when when the Formula One people pop the bottle and, and spray the champagne. I think it's a waste, personally. But, and he said that it's elegant just to, to pop the cork, and there's a way that if you rotate the bottle, the, the, the cork just kind of makes a tiny noise, which is really disappointing. I thought it, I was just like, no. But anyway, the point is, I really feel that there are people here who are, who are just bottling stuff in and, and we can be comfortable Christians and we can get used to bubbles and so you know you see like just one or two bubbles and then they can very quickly become just just this need for the cork to pop and when it gets to that stage it's kind of it's you can't control it so I feel that, there, that God just wants to talk to people to say don't don't be comfortable with the bubbles and, and it doesn't matter what it is, if it's a big sin, if it's something something you think, oh, I just it's a recurring thing or just something that you're struggling with, just just God really wants you to have freedom from that today and just come, if, if that means anything to anyone, then come and get some prayer. Great. What we're going to do, what we're going to do is we're going to, um, if any of those words so far has meant anything to anyone here, would you just stick up a hand? So if any of those words relate to anyone, amazing. Thank you, thank you. What we're going to do is we're going to have a time of, of worship and singing. If you would like prayer for any of those words or anything else, would you come down the front and these guys are going to pray for you. Um, we're out of time. They didn't. No one raised a five-minute flag. There he is at the back. Um, if you need to go, or oh, this is just a bit weird, and uh, <laughs> please, 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 uh, feel free to go if we also need you to pick up your kids as well um but we're just gonna we're just gonna carry on we're just gonna carry on here we believe that 
God's God is here. He's always here. And so if you, he's he's given us some specific things to to pray for. So if you would like to if you'd like to get prayer, why don't you come down now? Why don't the rest of us stand? And if you need to go, and then we're gonna have a time of worship, and then maybe we'll give some more words then.